You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson. And it is 8.04 a.m. We are going into our Bible studies time, time shortly. But we firstly have our quiz question, please. Yeah, Lawson. here we go. Our quiz question for this morning. This is a fill in the blank, guys. So give us the word that is missing here. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the blank, to to redeem them that were under the blank, that we might receive the adoption of sons. That's Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 and 5. Again, we've got two blanks there. They're actually the same word. If you know what this word is, 0491-064-669 is the number to text. If you text that number with the correct answer, you go into the draw to win an amazing Revive Cafe cookbook, which, by the way, completely plant-based, healthy, and tasty. And so, you know, we're talking with Rod Bailey all about oh, your garden so and growing things. And it's like you can grow the ingredients in your garden and then open up this cookbook and you'll be able to... To make stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. You, the ingredients from the garden, making Jeremy Dixon's recipes. Like, guys, it'll be incredible. You want this book, an amazing Christmas gift. Again, 0491-064-669. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the blank, to redeem them that were under the blank, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Galatians 4, 4 and 5, what is that blank? Absolutely. So text us in your answer, 0491 Suzanne writes in, thanks, Rod, for your excellent advice. For those looking at a potential garden site, a minimum of six hours of sun is needed for most vegetable plants. Some shade cover in the hotter months can certainly help too. Thanks for that, Suzanne. Um, you're obviously a really big gardener too, which is exciting. And yeah, shade cloth at the, at this time is so important. Like everything's drying up. I was actually watering the, the lawn last night once again because it's just gone so dry. Like two weeks ago mm. we had rain and now everything's just terribly dried up. So yeah, gardening. And of course it always tastes so much better, doesn't it? And so Rod's always got such good tips, doesn't he, Shell? Yeah. Like, you know, um, just Can fantastic I ask stuff. ask a question about that real quick? Mm. I've heard that rhetoric a little bit. Again, I have never grown things in the garden. I've never uh, plants. It's not. It's, it's. It has never been my thing. Yet people consistently say like, "Oh, it tastes better." It when does. You grow it yourself. Is that really the case? Hundred like, percent. Yeah. See, did you it, hear that? Shell said hundred like, percent at the same time as I grow did. It, I, I understand. Like people talk about organic, right? I understand that. Like from oh, a health the perspective, flavor. Like is is it's far better when you grow it in your own garden versus buying it from 100%. your local Coles or Woolies or Abs- Aldi. Absolutely. So here's the thing. Like an ex- classic example: tomatoes. Uh-huh. Tomatoes, you know, they, they don't have much flavor from uh-huh. the shops. They're almost like cardboard. They look nice. They're going, you know, but, I like but tomatoes. you, but you <laughs> take a tomato straight off the bush and it is sweet as, isn't that? And it's yep. just deep in flavor, isn't it, Cheryl? What do oh, you find? So much so. And, uh, Lyle's a bit of a corn connoisseur. So yeah, yeah, yeah. When we were growing corn, he'd be like, all right, start boiling the water. And he had to have the corn in the water be- before it was three minutes old. Yeah. Because all of the starches start to break up. 
at that stage. And so if you want to get all of the, the sugars just right, it needs to be in the water within three minutes. Wow. You know? And so to have that perfect corn, you have to be growing it yourself. Abs- There's no way you can get it from the grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, only every now and then, like seriously, like Lawson, I can see you just saying this looking, you're looking really surprised. For yeah. our listeners here, Lawson's looking really surprised. I, okay. I think, but, oh, I mean, like I, I, yeah, I'm, so I'm plant based, you know. And so I'm just thinking like, I just get everything from the, from the grocery store. And then things that I really enjoy eating is, usually quite processed i mean i really like tofu for example i love tofu and then i put like whenever i cook i use a lot of see like i season a fair bit to make mm. it taste how i want to mm. taste but i'm thinking i'm like is that a product of the vegetables that i'm getting not being as tasty that i need to use more seasoning but i'm kind of i'm kind of the gears are ch- churning in my head guys yeah I'm, yeah yeah oh, seriously the flavors the yeah. flavors like lettuce is another example right you take a lettuce leaf straight off straight off the plant in the garden you just rinse it under the water and you eat it it is got a, like a bitter kind of taste but a just really deep, beautiful, mm. bitter kind of taste. Now, you don't get that with salad. I mean, somebody actually gave me some in church the other week, like a bag, a big glad bag of lettuce leaves from their garden, and we just ate them, and my mind went straight back to those early days, not just the ones that I've grown recently, but more so in my childhood years where mum had just a massive veggie patch mm. where we would just get the lettuce straight off the leaves, Rinse it, and it was straight on the table within five minutes. Mm. Yeah. Wow. What about? I love rocket and rocket. Yes. All straight from the garden. Oh, that is really got that super peppery yumminess. Super peppery. Yeah. Yeah. Super peppery. But then you get other things. Like at the moment, I'm picking. We're we're picking. Uh, Hubby and I are actually picking blackberries off of our blackberry bush yeah. at the moment, right? So the sweetness and the juiciness that you actually get is just. Honestly, you just can't beat it. Like, so, and raspberries and fruit. Any, like, you've got to start growing your I own know. garden. Well, okay, so I'm you've thinking got to, of, I'm even thinking in of, a pot. You've two got to pots. have a house. We've got to, you know, two pots. Yeah, yeah. Place. But you can try it in two pots. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm, I'm just thinking, okay, so I make, for example, like a really good spaghetti sauce from scratch. You know, I never use jar sauce ever. I always, like, put my own ingredients together and season it myself. But, like, the peas, corn, and carrot I use is frozen, right? Like the tomatoes I use are canned. Uh, but this the mushroom, is why like the you mushrooms have are no fr- flavor. But no, but they taste. It tastes good, but that's because I season it. But would it taste that much better if all of them stacks, were just stacks, stacks, so better. just like so? Much, if, it, if they came out of the go- wow, I am learning so much this so morning. So my challenge to you is over your Christmas break because you don't start uni till the end of February, right, sure. yeah. or early March. Mm. You can buy some pots and you can buy some seeds or seedlings and actually plant them. And, you know, use Rod's ideas here about good soil, yeah. put it in the right lighting, all of that stuff. And he says here, I, I wrote this down at the end, fail fast and fail often as we can learn by successes as well as our failures. But mm. here's the thing. You can Love be that. the conductor looking for the perfect venue <laughs> for the players. Wasn't that his word? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So here's the thing. I want to challenge you. And I want you to tell the listeners when it started growing and when you actually <laughs> harvest. Yeah, yeah, that's my challenge to you, New Year's challenge, to actually taste it and then share it with our listeners. 
Oh, okay. What do you reckon? That's that's a. I might have some backup from our listeners. They can text us yeah, and go, yes, yes. Let that us is, know zero four nine one zero six four six six nine if you okay. want Lawson to do that. Yeah, I have some friends who are like you guys. Like they're they man, they're talking to their plants. They're all about planting. So I'll get some ti- I'll get some tips from all around and see how I go from there. Okay, interest interesting stuff. I might know. I might be on a new venture of my life. You know, we might get to this time next year. And I have like cultivated an incredible garden, and right. so maybe we'll see. We'll see. So here's here's the other tip. You know the garden as you're driving down into Avondale University on the left hand side, they do oh, yeah. a lot of amazing gardening there, yeah. and it's growing really well. Uh-huh. Go and ask the gardener if you can just taste one or two leaves of something there that you can put straight in your mouth. I, Seriously. It'll change you, my life. You, it, it will make you want to plant these things too, but I, I challenge you to plant them anyway. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. As, as, a, as a 25-year-old man who has experience in, in various different aspects of life, gardening is not one of those aspects or areas, and I am determining to grow my experience. Absolutely. So we've got at least one listener who's agreed with me. <laughs> Rosalia says, yes, do it, Lawson. And she's put, put the muscles up, you know. Okay, so go, Rosalia. Right. Thank you for your right. backup. Any others that want to back me up with that one for Lawson, text us in 0491064669 for the challenge yeah. for Lawson to actually plant. And here's another couple. Bruce and Liz say, give it a go, Lawson. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd our listeners are very much behind, you know, you're trying it. Absolutely. I'd love to know as well if you are a listener who grows a garden. What's your favorite thing to grow and eat out of that garden? Where you can tell yes. night and day, it's like, yes, oh, let us this know. in my garden is a thousand times better than this particular thing from the shops. Let us know. Hey, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. That is our number to text and yeah, give us some, give us some insight. You know, I like eating, so if I can eat things yes, that taste do. better, <laughs> then yeah. we know that here in every way. <laughs> You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Connect with us on 0491-064-669. Okay, and we're going into our Bible study time now. And, of course, this week we're looking at Mission to the Unreached, part two. Of course, the whole series that we've been looking at for the last several weeks is God's mission, my mission. Mm. And this week we've actually been unpacking about how Jesus went with the disciples to Tyre and Sidon and, mm. of course, going out of Judea and taking them out of their comfort zone, doing cross-cultural um, training, you know, to, as in showing them that, hey, it's not about mm. just keeping things to you, the message to yourself um, and to your own culture as well or to your own nation, but going to every everyone. And mm. then it's, it was about seeking the multitudes, you know, being close to God and how Jesus went to the areas of Decapolis, you know, the 10 particular areas um, outside of Galilee. And then also yesterday you looked at Tyre and Sidon once again. Yeah. Today we're looking at a really, really interesting passage, aren't we? Now, Peter was one of Jesus' disciples. Yes. And he was the one that was always impulsive. He was the uh. one who actually said to Jesus as well when they saw, um, you know, a figure walking on water. And it was Peter that says, you know, is, you know, he wanted to walk on the water just like Jesus did, but he was just really impulsive, wasn't he? He just wanted to do all sorts of things. And so this passage is really quite interesting. Yeah. We see Peter as a figure. He does go through some reform. 
He does. Uh, particularly in after, really after... After the cock crowed. Yeah, that's right. After, after he denied He Christ. denies Jesus and then Jesus resurrects. And for a brief period of time there, he isn't even considered amongst the disciples because of his denial of Christ. Yep. There is this, you could you could call it a, a rite of passage. He comes back. He, he starts you know working again. And the, and the Peter that we see in Acts almost... Is night and day different. Oh, he's a transformed man. But, and we actually are going to see an an example of this. We saw, we read in particularly the book of Galatians, the writing of Paul, a specific instance where Peter fell into his old, more nationalistic tendencies. But Peter becomes really, it's so funny, this nationalist, this, like Peter, he wasn't classed necessarily as a zealot. He wasn't a rebel or anything like that, but this incredibly Jewish man, it actually becomes what among the first people to of of the new church, of the new Christian church that's been established. You know, the previous chapter before Acts chapter ten, before Acts chapter nine and you know, around Acts chapter seven and eight, we see there the 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 church starting to spread out from Jerusalem as a result of the persecution that takes place and the death of of uh of Stephen. Now, Peter actually becomes the guy who would create that bridge for the first time to the Gentiles. Yes. Other, other than, of course, we talked about Jesus ministering to the Syrophoenician yeah. women yesterday. And we talked about a, an interesting passage. We saw, you know, Jesus, him giving a little bit of a, a test, baiting a little bit, but ultimately showing and displaying the, the love that God has towards people from everywhere and how he is wanting to reach people from all nations, tribes, tongues. He has a goal to save the world, ultimately. Absolutely. I love that what you're saying with that. And also, you know, coming just back to a point you had earlier also about Peter, that transformation, you know, we see his boldness in preaching for people to repent and be baptized already in Acts chapter 2. And here now we're going to Acts chapter 10, and an interesting situation happens, doesn't it? So let's read the passage, and we're going to unpack that today. Let's go to um, Acts chapter 10. And verse 9 to 16, first off. Yeah. The next day, as they went on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Then he became very hungry and wanted to eat. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven opened and an object like a great sheet bound at four corners descending to him and let down to the earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And a voice came to him, rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, not so, Lord. For I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And the voice said to him again the second time, What God has cleansed you must not call common. This was done three times, and the object was taken up into heaven again. Wow. Interesting passage, hey? Very interesting passage. Some interesting observations. And ultimately, the biggest question here is, what is this about? And what does God mean? And what is Peter's response? You know, a few question marks here. We talked about actually yesterday the passage in the book of Matthew when he's inter- Jesus interacting with the Syrophoenician woman mm. and calls her a little dog. And some of the interpretations that have come out of that are absolutely wild. Given, Like, I, I feel like it's a passage, you just read it through and it's like, oh, yep, 
Jesus is baiting her. Obviously, he loves this woman. He says she has greater faith than ever anyone in Israel. Like, it's a beautiful story where he's showing the disciples, like, oh, you know, this type of, you know, nationalism is harmful, and actually it's fantastic to reach people and whatnot. Yet people have interpreted that passage to say that, oh, actually, Jesus was like, a little bit racist and we saw his card show and he actually later repented from his racism. And I'm like, no, dude, like that, that's not what's going on here. But we actually see a similar trend of Bible interpretation or maybe Bible misinterpretation happen in this passage too, because people read it. Uh, and I, I've talked to a fair few people about this. They're like, oh, so Peter received a vision from God that tells us that we're now allowed to eat Pork or yeah, food. Yeah, right. Yay. And, and, <laughs> yeah, and I've had the same conversations with people. And, of course, just to give some background context of this, of what mm. is clean and unclean that he's even referring to, sure. what he is, refer- you know, what God is referring to is quite different of what some interpret this as being yeah. a food thing. So we've got to say, you know, some take it, you know, that, that, you know, in Leviticus chapter 11, mm-hmm. it actually covers there about the clean and unclean foods. Yeah. Okay. And so that's why Peter actually believing and following this way actually says, you know, um, you know, Peter says, not, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. Yeah. So he's actually looking this at this in a literal sense. Yeah. And this is really important that in the Bible, there's sections that are literal and there's other bits that are prophetic and there's other bits that yeah. there's interpretations to it. And this is why we can never stop at a certain part of the passage. We've actually got to read either a few verses later or a few chapters later or a few books later Mm -hmm. sometimes to actually get the answers to this, don't we? And so what we do know is that he's actually hungry. You know, he's noonday. He's actually hungry. (laughs) He's shame. He's fallen asleep. (laughs) Like, you know, he's fallen asleep and he has this vision and he actually remembers it, of course, you know, well, and, and yeah. And so, and this, this was actually done three times, not just once, but three times. Now we know in the Bible when there's repetition, it actually means that it's significant. Yeah. Absolutely. It means it's significant. It's three times, not just once off. Yeah. We, okay. And we see this again to highlight because there's about to be like this, the, the importance of actually Acts chapter 10 in the Bible is maybe, it's maybe one of the most pivotal chapters in the New Testament because we see all of a sudden the focus shift of the Christian church at the time going from reaching the lost sheep of Israel and just focusing on them to all of a sudden, let's go and reach the world. This is like the very, clear shift that we see having here and this vision is as we say that this chapter is pivotal this vision itself is pivotal to to that moment and so then we would have to we we need to labor over it a little bit theologically and biblically and say okay what is you what what is the bible really getting at what, what is the lesson that is was for peter and what's the lesson that we take out of it for, for us because of course the lesson here for peter is the lesson that is for us mm. okay and so we then go on to some further verses that are really important that give this interpretation so can, it, can we actually read a little bit further in the same chapter acts chapter Mm. 10 verse 28 and then verse 34 and verse 35 yeah so in verse 28 the bible says then he said to them you know how unlawful it is for a jewish man to keep company with or go to one of another nation but god has shown me that i should not call any man 
common or mm. unclean. Mm-hmm. This is powerful. You know, later in verse 34, it says, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. Yes. And he's referring to, to people ultimately. It, absolutely. Cause that verse 28 says really clear, but God has shown me, God has shown me. So he's referring back to this particular vision. Mm-hmm. He's saying, God has actually shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Yeah. So that term back there where he says, you know, for I have not eaten, eaten anything common or unclean, but now yeah. he's saying here, okay, God has told me that I should not call any man Common or yeah. unclean. Any There's a connection. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Or any human being in this that's case, right? right. That's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, back yeah, then yeah. in those days, they referred mostly to the men in yeah, this. Yeah, we're talking about mankind. Absolutely, yeah. mankind. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Right now we have our last quiz question before we go into our Bible study time before we continue it. Hey, simply this, guys. God created birds on which day in Genesis 1? Now, this actually disproves uh, a common common theory amongst conspiracy theorists today that birds are actually invented by the government to spy on us. This actually disproves that and shows that the birds <laughs> come from God. So, hey, if you, <laughs> maybe you're thinking about well, what's the logistics of that. Basically, people think that birds are robots that charge on the power lines and fly around and spy on you. Uh, but no, they actually were created by God. 0491064669, which day were they? created on and if you know the answer to that one you'll go into the draw to win our amazing prize for this week we have the revive cafe cookbook number eight all you have to do is answer questions correctly and get in for the wheel to spin what's up shell i just have to say that the guy who invented that theory of birds aren't real yeah he did a ted talk about how it was a whole social experiment on Humanity and how many people would go along with it. <laughs> so he's just trolling everyone. He was. That's so awesome. Yeah, it was a, you know, it was completely fake. And yeah, just the, but his whole um, experience of it is just the way the how, how people treat each other mm-hmm. and, and how he would get so upset when people would come up to him and be like, this is the stupidest thing we've ever heard and da da da, and birds are real and da da. <laughs> and he knew that they were right, but the, their tone and the way that they yeah. would speak to him would still like make him want to fight back yeah say, yeah you know <laughs> and just the whole social experiment wow, yeah deep. not very ethical in my opinion to do yeah. such a thing to humanity but that's what the story is <laughs> it's, a, it's a good object lesson hey zero four nine one zero six four six six nine listening to the breakfast show this morning and we're talking a bit about animals here in our bible study in acts chapter 10 where we're covering clean and unclean but particularly this vision that peter is having of you know he sees this sheet come down from heaven, these animals run across it, mm. these, you know, all of these things, and he's told by God, go and eat. And he says, but I've never eaten anything unclean. I've never mm. eaten anything common as well, which is, you know, the common was more of a, a pharisaical, you know, early first century concept. Once they become very isolationist, they were like, oh, Gentiles are common and we don't spend time. Da, da, da. It was it was a, an extra step to uncleanliness, you could say. But he's like, oh, but I've never done this before. And, you know, God says to him, you know, or the voice speaks from heaven, what God has cleansed, do not call common. And we're trying to work out, well, what did, what did Peter think about this? How did Peter understand this? 
Yeah, absolutely. And we read verse 28 where, yeah, he just, he does says, but God has shown me that I should not call mm. any man common or unclean. But to actually get that context, to know that we haven't just pulled that verse out sure. to try and interpret this dream. And let's remember that it was given to him three times, the vision. Yeah. In other words, it was so that he would remember the, the, the dream. It's, it's mm. significant. It's important. So we actually need to go back to verse 17 to 23 to give us this full context yeah. so that we know and see that this is all completely in relation not to clean and unclean foods, but to him and his approach and how he ought to accept people who are not Jewish, as in to go in amongst them. So let's read verse 17 yeah. to 23, can we? Yeah, absolutely. And, and especially because as well, I, I've heard some interpretations of this passage is the reason he receives this vision is because, well, some people make the point that it was Jesus who said that all things are clean and I can eat all things, yet we never see Jesus eat unclean foods and whatnot. But what's so interesting is that Peter says here, well, I've never eaten anything unclean. So if Jesus cleansed all the food, well, obviously Peter didn't listen. And some people are like, oh, maybe God sent him this vision to really make it clear. Peter, you can eat whatever you want. But hey, let's see what the Bible actually says. Yeah. Now, picking it up in Acts chapter 10, verse 17. Now, while Peter wondered within himself what the vision which he had seen meant. So it's not clear to him, even though he sees mm. it three times. No. It is not clear That's as right. to what this is about. Until the next thing happens. That's right. It says, behold, the men who had been sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon. That's Peter's. Or actually, Simon the Tanner, who Peter is staying with his house and stood before the gate. And they called and asked whether Simon, whose surname is Peter, was lodging there. While Peter thought about the vision, the spirit said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. Arise, go down with them, downing nothing, for I have sent them. So it's interesting. He gets this advice you know, yeah. from the Holy Spirit. It says, okay, go down, go with some down. people. And you know what the Holy Spirit doesn't say? It doesn't say who these people are, what their background is, no, where they're from. He just says, says go. It just says, hey, go. There are some people, don't doubt what they say. And we had to follow the voice. Yeah, and imagine Peter's reaction when we continue reading. Mm. Then Peter went down uh, to the men who had been sent by Cornelius, and, and he said, yes, I am whom you seek. For what reason have you come? And he said, Cornelius the centurion... Mm. A just man, one who fears God and has a good reputation amongst the nations of the Jews, was divinely instructed by a holy angel to summon you to his house and to hear the words from you. Hey, just let's just stop there because there's something really significant. We yeah. see what actually has happened. It's God, the Holy Spirit, talking to to um, to to Peter, but mm. it's also the Holy Spirit that has worked there, telling. Cornelius to send people. So this is, can you see how it's a whole God thing right yeah, here? Absolutely. Right here. And then how this vision is preparing Peter, even though he doesn't know what it means. Right? That's right. Well, this is the thing. I, I think some of the lights might be switching on here because Peter sees this vision, doesn't know what it means, a bit confused about it. Yo. Then furthermore, he sees these people rock up. at he's, Well, he's told by the Holy Spirit, there are people who are going to come, don't doubt them. Those people rock up, they're Gentiles. Yo. They're Gentiles telling Peter that Yahweh has communicated yes. to a centurion <laughs> yes. and yes. that he should go to his house to preach the gospel yes. today. Like the the the... The windows, the doors are starting to open here. The, the, the planets are starting to align a little bit for Peter. He's starting to see and understand like, 
oh, wait, this is what the vision is about. And when we continue reading... And the interesting thing is, though, he's still not told the reason to go. He's Mm. just told basically to, you know, there's the men and he goes down and they're telling them that Cornelius is behind them. That's right. Just to summarise the next section, Peter rocks up to Cornelius's house. He walks in, he sees Cornelius and Cornelius falls down to worship him. And there's Peter's, a gathering. That's right. P- Peter's like, no, 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 don't do that. He walks into this gathering and these people are just there keen to hear the gospel. Absolutely. And what Peter says, he says, you know how unlawful, how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company uh, or with or to go to one for another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. It's made clear here through this process of events. It's like, oh, what was this vision all about? It was all about that all nations have a right to hearing the gospel because all nations, God is calling all nations. Absolutely. Love that. And that's why the verse 34 and 35 say that really clearly. When then Peter opened his mouth and said, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality here, verse 35, but in Every nation, I've got that circled in my Bible, but mm. in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. Yeah. What a mighty God we serve. Hey, what a fa- fantastic God we Absolutely. actually have. He wants all to be saved, That's doesn't right. he? Like every na- nation, kindred, tongue, and people, as we keep on saying here mm. in every way. Mm. And that's why, you know, Peter then realized the importance of this vision and that he was to take the message to the Gentiles in every way. And yeah, I, I guess to put a bit of a bow on this, uh, this particular chapter and how important it actually is to the greater biblical narrative again the outcome of this is that we don't see peter then go off and you know start up the barbecue and get the pigs out it's no from this point the gospel goes to the world that's right and that is amazing like and this is what the dream is about hey share the gospel with all peoples and and that is our call today is to share the word of god because jesus has saved all you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different Hey, what did Jesus place before the church of Philadelphia that no one could shut? He put a door. That's right. That's why we said, you see it every day. I almost said we walk through it every day, but it's just like they would have given it away too much. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There's six six out of the seven churches that are mentioned there in Revelation, and that one's in Revelation 3, I think, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. The next one here, the story of the wall around Jerusalem being rebuilt is recorded in which of these two books? Is it Ezra or is it Nehemiah? And the answer is... Nehemiah. Nehemiah. That's such a cool book, yeah. Now, the reason these two are mentioned together is because the, both of these books mention each other. Like, Ezra is mentioned in the book of Nehemiah and vice versa, but Ezra more, again, working for the Persians, but more of a, a priestly type, whereas Nehemiah the cupbearer then becomes the leader of the construction project mm-hmm. to, to build the wall, set that That's thing right. up, and it's such a powerful, like, it's an enthralling story. Well, I, and I it's also it. because it's not just about the rebuilding of the, of, of the wall of Jerusalem, around Jerusalem, but through that too, there becomes this huge spiritual revival that mm. actually happens. With yeah, it's ma- dude, there's, there's just there's, so much packed in that one. Again, we talked about SD yesterday. In the same way here, there's espionage and there's fighting between the <laughs> local governors who are under the local satraps who are under the under the emperor. Like it's 
such an epic book and I love it. So, dude, if there's any good read in the Bible, well, it's all a good read. But hey, have a little read of Nehemiah. It's a good book. Paul says we should give tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom is due, fear to whom fear is due, and honor to whom honor while referencing what authority in Romans 13. Romans 13 is actually about the government. Mm-hmm. And he's basically expounding on the principle that Jesus shares, that render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and render unto God what is God's, and saying, like, it is not a bad thing to be living in society under government. Obviously, freedom to express our faith is incredibly important, and it's the kingdom of heaven which we have our allegiance to first and foremost, but where it is appropriate. And actually, for the sake of the leaders, it was it's also uh, Paul who writes, not in the book of Romans, but in the book of Timothy, to pray for all leaders and men in high places, for, you know, that they would be able to know and find God. Like, absolutely. Hey, next one here. What two words are missing from this passage? It says here, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law mm. to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. It's Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 What a fantastic four promise, hey? Again, that was law was the answer to that one. And then finally, God created birds on mm. which day it was the fifth day. And they're real. They're really real birds that fly around and you know, right. live their best <laughs> lives. And I also love the way that the Bible talks about birds often. Like birds just you know, flying around and kind of scavenging off things. Like they just, they just, ex- they, they perpetually exist. And, it, and it's amazing. Well, here in Australia, we see often because of drought and whatnot, like birds on a massive scale, unfortunately dying out, but then they always bounce back. Like birds have gone extinct before. And there's before. such a big variety of birds right. everywhere. So Incredibly um, resilient, but yeah. hey, it's amazing that God looks after them and creates them. Absolutely. We've also got a text that came through from Suzanne saying this was, you know, in response to, you know, what would people want you to try in growing in your garden that I've challenged you with? So I've got at least three or four people have supported me or in you doing this. But Suzanne says, try radishes and basil in your garden, Lawson. So the good thing is with them, they actually don't take long to grow. Ooh. And that's probably why also I think Suzanne suggested those. Sprinkle but some basil. Yeah. But the, you know, and the radishes grow really quickly and easily. If you kill radishes, then there's a problem, I think. You know, <laughs> basically. And we want to leave you with a promise for today, of course. Hebrews 10.23 tells us that God can be trusted. It says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. We have a faithful and trustworthy God. Give Jesus a go today. And remember to talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.